everyone. Welcome to today's podcast. We're talking about a lifestyle approach to your weight loss. Um, a lot of times what people do when they want to lose weight is they go straight to the calories, right? They go straight to the eating and they really skip the uh, lifestyle piece of it. Um, but the lifestyle piece is the thing that not only will get you better results, but it makes the whole process a lot easier because a lot of times what you don't realize, the things that you're fighting against to control your eating can be improved through improving your lifestyle. So let me get specific. Uh, so a lot of times when you're going to go on a diet, you assume that you're going to be hungry all the time, that you're going to crave unhealthy foods, that your moods are going to be all over the place, that your energy levels may be all over the place. And see, these are some of the big challenges we have to deal with in order to get ourselves to eat well, right? We can't just know what to eat and then do it, right? Obviously, there's more to it than that. And so what actually impacts the food decisions you make? It, it's not just the knowledge, right? You, you have a good sense of what you should shouldn't eat. What actually contributes to you choosing the right food or choosing the wrong food. What's going on there? And a lot of times if you look deeper into it, it's gonna be your mood, how you feel, okay? And so how we feel, so much of how we feel consistently throughout the day has to do with our lifestyle. So what do I mean by lifestyle? Let me get specific. In order of importance, what I consider to be the key eight lifestyle habits are sleeping, hydration, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude. And when you start weaving these things into your life, everything starts to become easier with your weight loss because when you start doing these eight habits, what happens is your unhealthy cravings begin to decrease, your healthy cravings begin to increase, your energy levels improve, your moods begin to balance out and become brighter and more positive. Um, your metabolism starts working with you, right? Hormonally, you start balancing, you start kind of supporting your weight loss on a physical level. And there's a lot more changes than this. But I want you to start thinking bigger than just calories cutting, okay? Because when we just cut calories, yes, on a, on a logical level, that's the fastest way to lose weight, but you've got to take into account your ability to keep cutting those calories. And if you're cutting the calories really low, if you're in this negative headspace, tired, exhausted, craving unhealthy foods, it's really going to be unlikely that you're going to stick with the plan. Okay, so what we have to do here is, again, is let go of the idea that you're just going to willpower yourself no matter what the situation is to eat right and start to take a step back and realize that really what's dictating your food choices overall is how you feel. And the biggest impact on how you feel is your lifestyle. So when you take a more comprehensive, holistic approach to mastering your weight, you're going to find that it's a lot easier because you can get rid of a lot of the factors that are causing you to eat the wrong foods in the first place. And it makes you feel better almost instantly when you get the proper sleep, when you're hydrated, when you're relaxed, when you're breathing properly, when you're nourishing yourself, when you're moving more, when you're meditating and quieting your mind, and when you feel more grateful, you instantly feel better. And that, of course, makes it easier to eat better as well. So keep this in mind, all right? Lifestyle approach really is absolutely necessary, in my opinion, for long-term weight mastery, right? You can fight against yourself for a little while, but long-term weight success really depends on not fighting against yourself, but working with yourself to make it as easy as possible to succeed. And really dialing in your lifestyle is going to be one of the key things you can do to make that happen. So I wish you the best with this. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. I'll get to them. In my opinion, this is the first official, official week of the new year, right? In terms of weight loss, because last week was not a good year for weight loss, folks. All right. I make that 
I want to make that clear because um, I know there's a lot of people that, that wanted to lose weight and uh, want to lose weight in 2024 and you already blew it, right? But you didn't blow anything, okay? Nothing at all. Um, it's very difficult to get back on track after four, five, six weeks of holiday mode, holiday eating, and then just snap right back into perfection. That rarely happens. And so there is absolutely nothing wrong with having last week be kind of this re-entry week. I gasp, it could be this week too a bit, you know, which could be a bit of that re-entry um, back to where you're normally at. Um, that's a much more, I don't know, I guess, realistic approach to the situation. <laughs> I think, you know, even just now, just talking about, um, talking about the lifestyle approach to weight, it's, um, th the point I try to get to is that dieters rarely take a step back and say, okay, what is really leading to my food decisions? Right. This is so important because once you get this, you see the bigger picture. You're so zoomed in, you're missing the context of everything. Right. Because you think I need to know what to eat and then I just got to get myself to do it. You know, I, I get this all the time. I saw someone wrote to this to me. Hey, I know what I need to do, Jim. I just got to get myself to do it. Well, then you don't know what to do. You, you know, we do what we know. If you don't, if you're not doing it, then you don't know how to do it. You have some vague idea. I'd say stop eating carbs. I just stop eating sugar, whatever your, your vague idea is, but knowing how to get yourself to live that way, that's, that's the question, you know? And if you're not doing it, it's because you don't know how. And so we can't just look at, oh, this is how I'm supposed to eat. No more carbs. We've got to look at the reality of that situation. What is the difference between when you are going to follow your keto plan and you stick to it, you're not eating any carbs. And then the times when you say, screw it, I'm eating the carbs. What's the difference there? Because that is the whole game, in my opinion. It's not knowing what you should do. You're walking around all the time knowing technically what you should eat or what you think you should eat. But what's actually dictating when you eat the right thing and when you choose the wrong thing? That's the big question. And dieters never ask this question. They never ask it. Why? Because they think their success comes down to having iron rock solid willpower. So that even if I'm in a bad mood, even if I'm craving all of the unhealthy food, even if I've had a shitty day, I should still be able to make the right choice. And it's crazy to keep thinking that when you're 20, 30, 40 years into trying to lose weight, it's not working. And you just keep thinking next Monday is going to be the magic day when you're going to be able to do that. <laughs> like it just makes no sense. And so when we take a step back. We start to realize you need to have a more holistic, comprehensive approach to this. We can't just rely on willpower to magically fix everything. That's never going to work. And so if you're walking into your diet on day one, right? Let's just stick with keto. Okay. It doesn't matter that you can put Weight Watchers, um, literally any diet you want, put on your intermittent fasting you want to do. It doesn't matter. But you think you're just going to step in on day one, just being perfect. You're just going to force yourself. I'm just going to do it right this time. This time I'm going to stick with it for, for months perfectly. You're just not, you know, you've got to take into account where you're at because if you're stepping into day one, depleted, exhausted, frustrated, overwhelmed, which you may be feeling, I want you to take a second, give me some hearts if this is the case, but in your life right now, do you feel kind of like, like up to here? Do, do you feel, I don't want to say necessarily overwhelmed, but close to overwhelmed. Do you feel like your time, you, like you never have time for yourself. You don't have enough rest. You're tired. You're exhausted. You got a million things to do. Five minutes to do it, right? You're always in a hurry. Always have to do something, right? Do you feel this way? Is this not true? <laughs> and so if you feel that way, the idea, the way you're going to lose weight feeling that way, 
is you're going to start some other thing that's way more overwhelming to you. Because what is more overwhelming than trying to change all of your eating all at once? Like, I don't know what's more overwhelming than that. Because the food, not only do you have your way of eating, but the food on top of that is your solace. It's like the one thing you can look forward to and depend on to relax and calm down and feel good for a minute. You know? I'm not saying everyone's life is just a shit show, but it's like, let's be honest. I mean, we all feel um, some level (laughs) of that, though. So uh, we got to take that into account. And when we start to realize that, we can start to deal with it, make it better. Um, Kimberly says, hello again. Question, how do you learn to not beat yourself up for this this new TikTok thing? It's hard to see these questions um, because it skims up quick. Okay, question, how do you learn to not beat yourself up for giving into an unhealthy craving? And I cite a little more context here. I had a cheeseburger yesterday and I felt so guilty, but my other 20 meals for the week were healthy. Yeah, okay. The great, great, great question. This is it right here. Um, dieters are notoriously hard on themselves and they're notoriously don't see the full picture. So the first thing I want to share with you is that you need to understand that all humans, all humans are hardwired to have a negativity bias, right? That's the first thing you need to understand. Um, Through evolution, it's more important to remember where the lion was than where the flower was, okay? So we are hardwired to notice negative things because it's a survival thing. And so that goes right into your weight loss. So you can have 20 great meals, one cheeseburger, and your brain's focused on the cheeseburger, right? It's like TikTok. I can make a video. There can be a thousand great, amazing comments, one shitty comment. Which one do you think I remember, right? So we're all like this, right? So we have to realize this. There's no fighting against. There's no changing that. We all have a negativity bias hardwired into us the same way that we got eyes, nose, arms. That's it. It is, it is what it is, but we can strategize against that. With Program Yourself Then, the main technique we use is called the redo technique because The biggest blind spot in a dieter's kind of approach is that they have no strategy to deal with mistakes. And so most dieters, what happens? You're doing great 20 meals, right? Amazing. And then all of a sudden you have one cheeseburger and you feel like you blew yourself off the course. How do I get myself back on track, right? Now it's hard. And so you have no strategy to get yourself back on track other than trying to tell yourself, okay, come on, come on, get back on track. But meanwhile, there's another voice in your head saying, you awful person, Kimberly, how can you do this to us again? You screwed up again. You're never going to, and you're just mean, 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 mean on yourself. Beating yourself up. So how do you change that? Well, again, the redo technique, just a general idea of it is that we go back in time and we learn from it. Okay. So that's the key thing is that your brain will give up pain for learning. But usually when you make a mistake, what you consider to be a mistake, you're not learning shit. What you're doing is you're either ignoring it and you're saying, oh, I'm never going to do that again. Okay, no more cheeseburgers ever again, which is bullshit, but that's okay. You tell yourself that and you just put it out of your head or you beat yourself up. Now, the big problem with beating yourself up is that it reinforces the problem because you're like, oh my God, Kimberly, why'd you eat that cheeseburger? Why do you keep eating the cheeseburger? Why do you keep eating the wrong things? Why do you keep screwing up? Why do you keep failing? Why do you keep sabotaging us? right? And it's very, very negative And we reinforce the exact behavior we don't want to do. And so the alternative to that is to learn from it. If I go back in time, knowing what I know now, what could I have done differently? And so this allows you to learn from it. What led to you ordering the cheeseburger? Now, the first thing I can already know, this is why I'm programming yourself. Then we have a five, two model of eating five days of clean eating, two days of pleasure eating. Because rarely is a person going to start a diet on day one and make it to day 90 being perfect. I know that's what you'd like to do and what you imagine you're going to do each time. But how often do you do that? Right. The idea of being perfect for 90 days in a row is almost impossible. 
And so in your head, you're like, it's got to be perfect, right? It's all or nothing. And so if I don't get the 90 days perfect, what's the point, you know? But instead what you do is you do four days perfect and you're totally do nothing. You know what I mean? So it's like, you've got to re again, what we're doing is we're taking a step back and looking at what you all typically do. Right. And that, that's a common one. So Kim asks is I was doing great for 20 meals and then I made one mistake, one meal. Now my mind's focused on the one meal. What do I do? You learn from it. It's not a big deal. You need to put it in context, but you need to learn something from it. And the thing you learn from it is what happened, right? If you didn't want to eat there, maybe you felt, maybe you were really hungry yesterday. Maybe you got in a fight with your partner and you were in a bad mood. And all of a sudden there's a cheeseburger there and you did that. Okay. Maybe, um, you didn't have any better options available to you. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of reasons why our unhealthy food decisions happen. And so you beat yourself up because for a dieter, the answer is always simple, right? You just always just choose the right thing, right? It, it's just so annoying because you're a human being and there's a lot more factors going into what you're doing other than just willpower. You can't, oh, I'm just going to do the right thing every time. I mean, it sounds easy. It sounds good, but it doesn't work, you know? So we got to understand ourselves and... A lot of times when we choose the, the wrong food, we're not sabotaging ourselves. We just didn't set ourselves up for success. So again, Kimberly, what I would do is I go back in time, look at what happened, and then look at it with the knowledge you have now. If I go back in time knowing what I know now, what could I have done differently yesterday? You know, And then you know, the redo technique is kind of stepping into that, stepping into your ideal self and redoing that. And it, and it retrains you um, to do what you want to do, and it lets you let go of that beating yourself up thing, which doesn't help at all. Folks, if beating yourself up helped you actually change your behavior, I'd be sitting here telling you to beat yourself up. It doesn't work. I promise you. Um, Feather Deb says, self-sabotage, unresolved trauma. Again, self-sabotage, I, I rarely, I think self-sabotage is the wrong words to describe what you're doing. I really think that a lot of times. Um, I really do. Because I think self-sabotage is a word we use to describe when we, get, we don't really know what we're doing. I think it's just like, you know, instead of saying self-sabotage, just say, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why I did it. The self-sabotage brings a whole other level to it that's not really accurate. You always do what you want to do. Um, and the truth is that you really have a lack of strategy. Dieters are notorious for having a lack of strategy. You don't have strategies for your weight loss. You have tactics. Every diet you know of is one tactic. Diets are marketing bullshit, folks, okay? All the big diets you know and reference to lose weight are all owned by the big food companies. You know, Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Atkins Food Products is owned by the same company that owns Onions, Pretzels, and Cinnabon. Slim Fast is owned by the same company that owns Ben & Jerry's Ice Cream. They don't want you to lose weight for good. They just want to get your money while you're dieting and then get sell you bullshit food when you're done dieting. They never help you actually change the things. And so as a dieter... Um, you just approach things very tactically, right? Every diet is one thing. Keto, just stop eating carbs. Intermittent fasting, just stop eating for 16 hours. Weight Watchers, just count your points. It's always like one thing, but you need a more holistic, comprehensive approach to, to master things. And um, what a lot of your challenges come down to eating-wise, it's not that you're self-sabotaging yourself, it's that you don't have good strategies. You don't have good strategies. You know, I'll give you an example. A lot of times dieters, they're trying to be as hungry as they possibly can because they associate being really hungry with fast weight loss. But that's a shitty strategy. That's not even a strategy, right? Because you're going to get really hungry. And what are you going to do when you get really hungry eventually? You're going to overeat, you know? So again, a strategy is that you manage your hunger. You don't try to make yourself as hungry as you can just for, because it doesn't last, you know? So again, strategy re requires taking a step back and looking at your situation from a, a different viewpoint. And once you do that, you, you become aware of all kinds of things. 
you know. But again, it's rarely self-sabotage. I really, that, that's an interesting conversation. I'm not going to do it here because it, it, it gets a little lost in the weeds. Um, but it's rarely self-sabotage. Um, let's see here. I don't miss any questions. Rocket Girl says, I've been using your intro session and it's fabulous. Huge change after just listening to, I'm going to say for one time. Um, that's awesome, Rocket Girl. Good job. Yeah. And everyone on here, if you're not in my world, um, go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session I give you. Watch the training I give you. It's all free. You can experience it. Um, I'm one of the highest paid hypnotists on the planet. So if you can listen to this hypnosis session, even if you tried it in the past or whatever, this is a different one. This is what I do. Okay. Go check it out. It, it'll make a difference in you. One of the big reasons why is every time you think about weight loss, folks, you're, you're getting anxious and tense, right? Thinking about weight loss makes you tense and anxious. And so you, you never think about weight loss from a calm, centered, grounded place. And once you do, what happens is you're more connected to all your, your resources. You can think more clearly, see things more accurately. And so just that alone helps. But then obviously I'm, I'm saying certain things that help trigger your mind to think in different and new empowering ways. So, yeah, listen to that session. Good job, Rocket Curl. Good job listening to it. Um, what do you think of cleanses? Um, I think cleanses are kind of bullshit overall. Um, personally, I, I, I'm not, I think there's a time and a place for them, but I don't think you're really, I, and I've done them, by the way. I, I used to be the master cleanse guy. You know what I mean? I've done, I've done them all. Um, and I just think where I've come to now is the cleanses for me, master cleanse especially, was so intense energetically. Like I, I hated doing it. It was hard. I, I dreaded it as I was approaching. I hated it while I was doing it. And then I was obsessed with food after it for a few days or weeks. And so it was a huge use of energy for me to cleanse myself. Now I felt good physically afterwards. I will say that, you know, but if I took everything into account, the physical, mental, and emotional toll, I would say it was a net negative for me. Okay. Now, some people love cleanses, love fast. So if that's your case, then, then you do them. I don't. And if you don't, you don't have to do them. And so the thing I, I started to really think of instead is I'm going to make my lifestyle, my eating clean all the time, relatively. So I don't need cleanses, you know? And so I was like, I, I thought to myself, I'm going to live a, a clean lifestyle. So I don't have to rely on these cleanses to clean everything out. And so I, 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 I personally prefer that more, you know? I don't like the... Again, I, I don't want to have to like do massive things like cleanses to kind of make up for all the bullshit I'm doing most of the time, you know? And again, statistically, it's never going to work out even. If you're relying on cleanses, um, you know, I'd like to know what you're typically eating and how you're typically living. That You're probably making it harder than it needs to be. Um, Biscuit says, started my journey to healthy living today using your advice. Your words have truly helped my mindset. I'm really glad about that. That's why I do this. So good job, Biscuit. Um, I'm always happy to help people with this because I know, you know, today's Monday. I, I was doing a, a, a live yesterday because I, I love to do them on Sunday because that's when I was getting hyped up to do their, their weight loss plan. But, uh, it was, you know, what happens all the time now, Biscuit's going to do it different because they've been listening to me now, but a lot of times people get, okay, Monday, here we go. Jumping in my keto plan, you know, for the 80th time, you know, and it's like, this the magic Monday is what I call it. And it's like, you just think that you're magically going to become this person who just eats perfectly, you know? And so um, really what you want to do, I was thinking this yesterday. I, was, I, was, I actually did a workshop yesterday, which again is another reason to get on my, my list. I'm, I'm doing a lot of trainings now. They're free, okay? Um, but I, you got to be on my list because that, that's how I let you know about them, you know? So 
you should click the link, get on my, you know, get that hypnosis system, get on my, get on my list. Um, so anyways, so I, I was, I was thinking this time, like, you know, you can become thin and healthy like that. You could become thin and healthy right now, right now. How, right? How, how can you become thin and healthy right now? Because you can make a decision, but not the decision you typically make, right? The average dieter makes the decision. Okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to do my keto thing today. But doing the keto thing is ridiculous. Okay, why do I say that? Because it's like the idea that you're going to pop into a reality where you don't eat any carbs at all, like starting tomorrow. It's such an overwhelming thing to take on, you know? And, and so the chances of you lasting a week, a month, a year with that are so minuscule. And you know this because you've tried it so many times it hasn't worked, you know? And so it's so minuscule. And so, A, it's just your chances of success right off the bat, just no matter what, are really low. But then they're extra low because you already know that your chances are low. So you're going into it knowing it's not going to last, you know? And so you start to associate failure to your weight loss strategies. Where, and so now you don't even believe yourself. You don't ever really get motivated because you never really believe you're going to do it because you got experiences and you know this plan sucks and you don't want to do it for long, you know? So what's the alternative? The alternative is you decide. You say, today, I'm going to become a thin, healthy person. And you make the decision as if you were making the decision to go to college to get a degree in something. You know, I was thinking like, you know, if you're going to become, what well, it doesn't matter. Whatever you go to school, anything, plumber, architect, lawyer, doctor, it doesn't matter. Anything that you're going to become, right, professionally, um, or you make a choice. I don't know, maybe you'll be decide you want to have a child, or you're going to be a, a kid or a parent. But you make the, the decision, and then you realize there's this path ahead of you that unfolds. Um, you say, decide, I want to become a plumber. Well, you don't instantly start practicing plumbing 15 hours a day. Right there's a there's a path you follow. Um, we'll take, put get another metaphor. I want to grow tomatoes this year. Okay, well you don't just grow tomatoes. You gotta get the soil ready. You gotta plant the seed. So you have to make the decision first. The decision comes first, and then it comes the strategic approach to making it happen. And when it comes to dieting, there's no strategy there. It's you making the decision and saying, okay, now I'm gonna be perfect and change everything all at once. It's not a strategic approach. And so, Biscuit, I get the feeling you're probably going to approach this a lot more strategically this time, and you'll see how it goes. It goes a lot better, <laughs> I hope. So you're welcome, and, and good job. Um, Astrid, what's up? This week, six minutes a day. Nice. Good job, Astrid. Always getting better, right? That's it. That's the perfect thing. Um, Kimberly says, wow, I didn't know that about the food companies. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, isn't it? It's always... It's always shocking when you hear that stuff, isn't it? When do you do these lives? I don't get a notification anymore. Um, I do them, I do them pretty much every weekday, noon Eastern. I'm on Eastern time, like Boston, New York time. Um, so I usually do them around noon. But if you don't get to see them, folks, you can always. There's a couple ways to watch these because I do them every weekday. Uh, I record them and I put them up as a podcast. So the podcast is called Program Yourself Then. Uh, and you can listen to that on any of the podcast platforms. I stream this on YouTube, on Facebook, Instagram, and the replays are there. No, Instagram's not. But the YouTube one's there. You can watch that one. That's one I'd suggest. And then the TikTok one doesn't replay, but it's just here. So that's when I usually do them. Um... 
Gene says, I've changed my attitude about the scale after your analogy with a speedometer. Thank you. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you like that, right? I love that. I love that analogy. I like, th that's what I try to do. You know, if you don't know, I'm a hypnotist, okay? So I'm a coach as well, you know what I mean? But I, my main, main, you know, modality I use is, is hypnosis. And the thing about hypnosis that I think is so valuable, and I think everyone should understand hypnosis, because if you, I really believe this, that <clears throat> if you don't know hypnosis, your ability to change something in your life is so much reduced. Really, you know, even like high achievers, they're high achievers in what they do. But if they want to change an aspect of their personality or behavior that they typically do, there's a good chance they'll struggle with that. You know, the, the reason hypnosis is so important to understand is because we're talking about our subconscious mind. And your subconscious mind is directly in charge of a lot of your thinking and your behaviors ultimately. So when I'm speaking with you, one of the things I, I aim to do different than what you're typically getting with weight loss is I'm not just looking to tell you things. I'm looking to change the way you think about things. And so what Gene's referencing is I talk about the scale. And I think if you wanna lose weight and you wanna use the scale, okay? So if you don't wanna use the scale, fine. But if you're going to use the scale, I'd suggest you weigh yourself every day. I can't think of anything crueler than weighing yourself once a week. I, I think that's the cruelest thing to do to yourself. Um, but I make the, the reference that the reason you're dreading the scale, by the way, and I know a lot of people have a lot of emotion with the scale, but that emotion can be changed. And that emotion is created by the way you think about the scale. And the reason that you're so emotionally tied to the scale is because you don't know how to change your weight. That's what it comes down to. And I say, ideally, the scale should be thought of like the speedometer in your car. You know, you're not scared to look at the speedometer in your car, right? Why? Because if you're going too fast, you know how to slow down. If you're going too slow, you know how to speed up. So it just becomes, a, you know, just another point of, of data, you know, for you. And so with the scale, it's not that the scale is the problem. The scale just reveals the fact that you have no idea what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> just don't don't take that wrong way but again just because you know oh I, I should not eat carbs like like that doesn't mean anything in terms of changing your behavior you know they're, they're two totally different things and so you never ever ever learn how to change your behavior all you're told from the weight loss industry is what to do you're, and I'm talking about like nutritionists dietitians doctors the, the highest level of people you can imagine the most scientifically bad again I'm not I'm not disputing what they tell you to eat by the way Okay. What I'm saying is that just because they tell you, okay, here's the perfect customized plan for you, doesn't mean you're going to do it. <laughs> you know, that's the key thing missing from your weight loss is that you you don't know how to get yourself to do the things that you need to do to lose weight, <clears throat> or at least you think you need to do to lose weight. And so once you lose, once you change that, once you change your attitude, and of course your attitude changes when how you think about things changes. You know. Um, but I'm happy, Gene. I'm happy that helped you. Yeah, if anyone's got any questions, feel free to ask. We're going to go Monday here. People getting hyped up to lose weight. We're still 2024. You still got time. <laughs> Although it's funny. I'm, I'm joking. I'm laughing because I know it can very quickly feel like, ah, oh, the year is ruined. You know, I know a lot of people last week were excited to lose weight for the new year and didn't make it past Wednesday. Why? Now, again, I want you to understand this. Wednesday's last week was a tough day. You were set up for failure last week if you were going to approach 2024, the typical diet mindset, because you can only start your diets on Mondays, right? Let's be honest. You can't, come on. What, what day you start a diet? I always joke, program yourself in is the only program <laughs> that people ever start um, on a Friday. 
You know what I mean? But listen, everyone starts their diet on a Monday. And so last week, oh, you're going to start on Monday because that's still the holiday. It's your last kind of loophole day. Oh, God, I got one more day. I was like, what are you going to do? I'll start tomorrow. Well, tomorrow's Tuesday. How's that going to go? It's not going to go very well for most people because we link things very specifically. We're not logical creatures. You know, yeah, Monday or Tuesday, logically, I don't, who gives a shit? What's the difference? I'll just start on Tuesday. Yeah, okay, sounds easy enough. Let me know how that goes. Let me know how it goes when you start on Tuesday. And did it work? Did you get that far? Now, now, honestly, if you start on Monday, you wouldn't get that far either anyways, most likely. I'm not trying to be negative. I hear, I hear myself sounding negative. I'm not, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm trying to kind of snap you out of the diet or trance because here you are, you know, the 8th of January. And if you're already feeling like, oh, God, you're... I had the best of hopes. I had the best of hopes Sunday night, New Year's Eve. And here I am. I'm going right down the same fucking path I go down every year. You know? But what you, what do you got to do to change that path? You don't need more willpower. I'll tell you, the, the person wrote that to me today. They, they wrote, I don't know if they're here, but they filled out a form. I'd sent out some, some input. And they were like, the, the words that trigger me probably more than anything else are, I know what I got to do. I just got to get myself to do it. Those are the words that drive me crazy. Because <clears throat> it's like that's a that's a hypnotic suggestion that puts you right to sleep, you know. As soon as you say, "I know what I got to do," I just got to get myself to do it. You stop looking for thing to get yourself. As soon as you say, "I know what I got to do," I just got to get myself to do it. You stop looking for what what do I have to do to lose the weight? Because if you're not doing, it, you don't know it. Just because you know, oh, I should stop eating sugar. I should eat twelve hundred calories a day. That means nothing in terms of actually getting yourself to do it. And so again, what I like to focus people on is the behavior aspect of it. You know. Um, Rocket Girl says, last week I implemented 52, 52 5 day eating and I love it. I'm focused on the five days. Yeah, the 5-2 day model is so nice, you know? Now, I want to be clear. <clears throat> the 5-2 is, is a philosophy, okay? So when I first started, it was one day of clean eating, six days of pleasure eating, okay? But I just wanted to, we always learn through contrast. And so the first thing we want to do is we have a clean, focused eating day where we want to get to. And then pleasure is just as important, folks. I know it sounds ironic, but a big part of your weight issue is that you don't know how to eat for pleasure. I know you think it's really pleasurable, but it's not. You know, because you're going way overboard. As soon as you eat some ice cream, eat all the ice cream. As soon as you eat a cookie, eat all the cookies. And then you feel like shit about it afterwards. It's not real pleasure. You probably don't even know how to eat really for pleasure. It's just part of your your journey, you know. But great job, Rocket Girl. That that 5-2 is the stuff. So I'm really happy you're doing that because I think you're going to learn so much from that and, and you're going to get great results because you'll stay on it long term. <laughs> I can't think of anything worse. I can't think anything worse than just like starting a plan on day one and thinking you're going to be on that plan perfectly for 90 days. What a fucking nightmare. What a nightmare. 90 days of like no dessert, 90 days of no carbs, 90 days of nothing you like to eat. What a shitty, miserable way to live. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you don't do it, okay? Uh, Astrid, uh, yes, Astrid, I'm going to fix that. Um, I will fix that today. So give me, I don't know, say five hours from now, I will have it fixed. Um, Rocket says, last two days, I actually didn't feel like eating a lot of the other pleasure foods. Yeah, exactly, Rocket. Once we once we take a lot of, you, you don't realize like how much your unhealthy behaviors are created because you're putting so much stress on yourself in terms of how you think you're going to eat. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, I can tell you personally, the fastest way to get me to eat sugar is for me to say, okay, I can never eat sugar for the next 90 days until I lose the weight or I I can't eat sugar anymore. You know, all of a sudden it's, it's that, that effect, 
you know, that, that as soon as we're told we can't do something, we want it more, you know? So again, you need a strategy to deal with that. You say, oh no, Jim, I'm an all or nothing person. If I'm going to do something, I got to do it all. Stop fucking saying that. If you, you know, you can say that if you're at your goal weight, you know, <laughs> but if you're, if you've been struggling with your weight for 20 years, don't tell me that you have to be an all or nothing person because what that tells me is you being an all or nothing person is not working for you. Dieters are more like, like so they're, they're so dogmatic, right? Dieters are classic for having like their one plan, at least at a time, right? So what, what the big ones now, you're, you're, you're keto, you're intermittent faster, your Weight Watchers, right? There's the other ones we know, but but you're just, that's the thing you do. And it's like, you've tried it like 40 times and it's like, what what are we doing here? You know what I mean? Like, like maybe it's not you, maybe it's the plan. Do you think it's possible? <laughs> and do you think that learning how to manage your mindset might matter, might might be important along the way? Um, Heart and Wires, how you doing? It says, how do I manage to eat junk food without binging? Well, that's a great question. I love that question. I would reframe it a little bit more. Again, we start, our brains always go to the problems. That's fine. We can ask problem-oriented questions like that. That's a problem-oriented question. Um, nothing wrong with that, okay? Um, but how do I manage to eat junk food without binging? This is where semantics do matter. Uh, to a hypnotist, semantics are everything. So how do I manage to eat junk food without binging? So what am I imagining in my mind when I say that? I'm imagining eating junk food and binging on it, right? So we can start from that place, but we want to turn it into a, a solution or to question, which would be, how can I eat junk food in a controlled, easy way where I naturally eat just the right amount of it and then I just stop automatically? Now, again, I know that you don't know the answer to that. You got to let go of that because the way we, it's a chicken or the egg thing. How do we get to the answer? Well, we got to ask a better question. And so at first you ask that question, oh, I'll, I'll never be able to do that. I'm, I'm addicted to junk food and I, every time I eat it, I eat all of it. You know, if that's what we're going to do, we're just, we're, we're like fighting for our, our small minded approach, you know? So we got to get comfortable. Let's relax. What's the ideal thing I would love to have happen. I'd like to be able to eat junk food once in a while at my goal weight in a controlled, calm way where it's like, it's not even controlled. It's just automatically, I, I eat some of it, I enjoy it. And then I stop. That's what I want. That's what I really, really would like to have happen. Now, the reason we do that is because you start to feel a sense of congruency. You know, we want to get to a point where it's like, yeah, that would be awesome. I would really like that. Now I know, you know, that thing you articulated, it might feel like, oh boy, that's going to take a while to create. That's fine. As long as it's exciting, you know, so we have a place we want to go to. I always do the last supper. Yeah. The last supper is that like where, where you're like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to start my diet. So tonight I'm going to eat the shit out of everything. <laughs> that's what people do it all the time. If that's what you mean, I'm not sure if that's what you mean, but. Um, I've never heard of anyone learn, refer to it the last supper, but I, if that's what you mean, the last supper is the greatest like phrase to explain that thing that I've heard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so yeah, that, the last supper, I, I love that. That is such a great phrase. The last supper, huh? We all know what that's like, right? Cause that's, that, that always happens on a Sunday night, right? So and, and it's not just Sunday night, right? Cause the, the big one is you, you decide on like Wednesday, you start Monday and you say, okay, this week I'm going to eat better. I'm going, to, I'm going to do things better. You know, maybe you get through Monday, maybe you get through Tuesday, maybe, and then things fall apart. And then Wednesday, you say, oh, Jesus. And you say, okay, you know what? Next, next Monday, next Monday, I'm really going to hit it hard. So you know what? I'm going to get all my cravings out of the way. I'm just going to eat everything, right? And so then you move into Monday and it's like, 
your you got all this sugar in your body, you got all this processed food in your body, all these carbs in your body. Your hunger's way up here now. Your cravings for unhealthy foods way up here, and um, and you're kind of tired, exhausted from eating all that shit. And so now you 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 just kind of pull into Monday in that situation, and you wonder why you can't get past a day. You, you know what I mean? So, but but again, people do that. You know, again. But I get it too, because the other side of the Last Supper concept is that in your mind, you're like, I can never have these foods again. I'm going to start my plan on Monday and I can't eat these foods anymore. So I might as well get them all the way now. And then I'll start never eating those foods again on Monday. And then you freak out halfway through Monday. I can never eat those foods again. And then that starts to be all you think about. That's why the 5-2 model is so important, in my opinion. I could talk about the 5-2 model all day long. There is so much psychology and strategy built into that that um, concept. Um, but, but the basic idea of five clean days, two pleasure days, they're both just as important. The other key thing, again, other than learning to eat for pleasure, is that, you know, I talk about five, two, but it's also two, five. So you eat two days of pleasure, then you get right back on track the, that next day. And that's one of the most important pieces too, because you practice getting back on track. Every week, you practice getting back on track again, which in my opinion, the most important skill of weight mastery is the ability to get back on track fast. And as a dieter, you're you're horrible at that, right? You start out with a bang for two, three days, and then you get off track for two, three months. The numbers are all all upside down for, for the results you actually want. Um, so, yeah. Oh, let's see though, if you got any questions. Banana red, just get the craving out of the way and move on. Um. If that was true, that'd be great. But I've never seen cravings just move on. Especially not in this culture. You know? I think there's something to be said. I mean, the idea that I'll stop eating sugar and let the cravings just kind of fade and, and then be gone. It makes some logical sense, but I don't know. Folks, have you ever gotten to the point where sugar didn't seem appealing to you when you didn't crave it? I mean, there, there's levels to it, obviously. You know, but um, I've never gotten to that point. You know? I'm amazed at how much food I can eat. <laughs> like, I was just thinking that today because I ate pizza last night and I woke up this morning and, and I was just, it was a little bit of like a stressful weekend. <clears throat> Not a really bad way, but just in a general way. Um, and so I woke up this morning, I was really hungry, hungrier than I normally am. And uh, it's just, it's funny though. Like I think how I used to eat and how easy I could go back to that. I could go back to it easily. I, I don't want to and I won't, but... I could. <laughs> oh, Heart and Wires, is this recorded for your podcast? Yeah, 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 Heart and Wires. You can listen to this. Um, I don't think. They're, usually the podcasts are put up like the day that I record them, you know? So you can kind of look at them that way. Usually. Sometimes they're not. But um, usually they are. And yeah, like I said, you can watch the videos. The videos are always recorded the day they're done on YouTube. If you go to YouTube, Jim Katsoulis, the YouTube, uh, the live, you go to live tab. It, these are, these are live stream there. And then they just keep the recording automatically. And then the podcasts are usually wrapped up. I usually, I like, I start each one of these. None of you probably know this cause you don't get on until later, but, um, the first like five minutes or so when I get on, I'll record like, like a little lesson thing, you know? And that's usually what the podcast is. You know, like the title of the podcast is like that first five minutes that I just talk about stuff. Rogue Girl says, on my two pleasure days of eating, I ate sugar and it just didn't taste right in my mouth. Yeah, I know. That's the point, folks. We learn through contrast. So when you have clean days and then you go and eat the sugar that you typically eat, you all of a sudden you experience it differently. 
Sugar is almost always good to people to some degree. People like sugar. It's hardwired into us. But the amount of sugar in the foods we eat now is just off the charts. And if you clean up your eating for even a week and then you go and eat, you know, and it's a combination of sweetness of sugar, but it's more, a lot of times, the processing of food. Processed food is not as good as you think it is. You have to get into a processed, like your, your tongue, right? Think about your tongue. It's calibrated to different flavors. So if you eat a lot of processed foods in general, process, your, your framework starts to become within the world of processed food. That's how you, you think about it. Everything's relative. And so if you start to clean up your eating for a couple of days and then you come back to processed foods, a lot of times what happens is your brain says, oh, this isn't that good. This tastes weird. You start to notice it differently than if you're always eating it, just trying to stop yourself from eating it. So again, with programming yourself then, <clears throat> my voice is weird today. Um, I've been talking all weekend. <laughs> but uh, with programming yourself then, one of the core mantras we have is that awareness precedes change. And so again, you're not doing this as a dieter. You're not looking to create any awareness. You're just looking to like, you know, you got one tool and it's a hammer. You got a hammer that's called willpower and you're just trying to whack everything with willpower. And that's a temporary solution at best. So with Program Yourself, then what we're looking to do is we're looking to understand ourselves. You know, and it, and it sets you up for much longer lasting results because it's more relaxing, more calm, we're not trying to do everything all at once. Again, instead of trying to fix everything all at once, instead we're doing the 1% better a day routine, which works a lot better because it's just less overwhelming. Yeah, trying to change everything all at once theoretically would lead to faster results if you could change everything all at once long-term. But when you try and change everything all at once, what happens? You can do it for a little bit of time and then you just go back to what you always do. That I mean, that's a dieter in a nutshell. Again, three days on the diet, three months doing nothing. And those numbers are never going to help you get the results you want. You know? So yeah. So what you're doing, Rocket Girl, is you're actually changing the way you think about sugar and food by the, that 5-2 model. <clears throat> oh, you're having buffering issues? Anybody else? I can never tell. Oh, yes, totally asked Jim for a few minutes. I didn't even know that. Didn't even know that. Um, yeah, look at that. Astrid lost me across the world over there. Yeah, I don't know if I'm getting lost on Instagram at all. I can't tell. Sometimes I'll get a little warning that my, my network's weak, which I don't know how that's possible. I don't know how much money you got to spend on internet to get good quality network internet, but uh, I haven't figured that number out yet. <laughs> uh, I went out. I didn't even know that. Didn't even know I went out. <clears throat> didn't even notice it. That's so weird. It's annoying because it's, it's weird to think you went out and not even know. Because usually I can tell, like like we do, those of you in the program know, because we do we do Zoom calls. Our, our group coaching calls are on Zoom. And um, <clears throat> my voice is going out. I can hear that. But uh, yeah, the Zoom, Zoom you can tell, right? Because other people kind of freeze. I can see myself freezing and stuff. But here I don't see any freezing or nothing happening. So, but then we get out of here. I got to get going. You have to go to bed early today. Yeah, you're right, Astro. I go to bed early every day though, <laughs> to be honest. I've been going to bed early. Um, I don't know what it is. I feel pretty good. I, it's just my my voice. It's not like a um a sick thing. It's um it's an eating thing. You know. Yeah, it's all going to go better. It's all better now. Good. Um. Yeah. It's a talking thing too. I I, I was yesterday. I did like uh, I did a workshop and and I did a live actually. Did both. Um. So it's just it was a lot of talking. I think that's what it is. And eating. 
What's up, Shamela? I don't know if I ever say your name right, you know? I listened to the webinar yesterday, fell asleep repeating your words, woke up this morning for work thinking my mind has overcome all my cravings. No cravings. There you go, right? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, the webinar yesterday was awesome. That was, that was a good one. What have you done to my love of food? <laughs> You'll still love food. You'll you never have to worry about that, you know? Because um, here's the thing, right? Actually, I'm glad you said that. That's, that's a good point, right? So there's no... This, I think this is important, right? Because again, we, we just, we tend to look at things in a wrong way a lot of times. And so, uh, oh, Luna says, appreciate your content. Thank you, Luna. I appreciate you saying that. Um, what, Paul, you're not getting the daily email. I just checked that the other day. I'm going to check it right now. And then I do have something I was just going to talk about. But, you know, I, I I'm going to look at this right now, Paula. I literally, I sent it the support thing, your email. Yeah, it says you're getting it. Okay. Okay. So at least that helps us narrow it down. Not getting the daily email. Yeah, it says that you've been getting, today you should have got day six. So um, I get the one for the program. Oh, oh, the daily email. Oh, oh, the daily emails you used to get, right? Yeah, the Spark emails. Okay. Uh that's interesting. Paula, would you like to get those too? You know, sometimes when someone joins the program, I stop those because I don't overwhelm them. But but would you like, you want that email too? The daily email? Yeah. Okay. Um, Shreen says, you're good. You just had COVID. You're all set. <laughs> yeah, I am good. I know I don't have COVID. I, that, thank God. Um, I'm good with that one. I'm fi- I feel fine too. Like I'm totally, I don't feel fine. I feel okay. It, it snowed a lot here and um, that was just a thing. And then, yeah, I just kind of, I, I didn't relax this weekend like I normally do. That's what it is. And I almost went skiing this morning. I was this close to going skiing this morning. I'm like, it's not it's not the right day. I had some things I had to take care of and do. You guys don't care about that, but <laughs> lost my own thought. Okay, Paula. Yeah, yeah. I look tired. I, I, I am a little tired. I had to do I had to do extra shoveling today. I hate shoveling. Um I don't really mind shoveling, but like my, my shoulder, I hurt my shoulder. My shoulder's a little screwy. And I kind of half pulled little muscles in my chest and my back. I'm like falling apart. I don't know. Sometimes you kind of hit these moments in life where you just kind of pull things a little weird and it's like little weird muscles. That's where I'm at. Uh, oh, I'm going to walk in the snow. I know. I want to walk in the snow. It's weird. Though, like now they haven't done a good job plowing where I am. And it's like, I can't take my dog for a walk. And my dog is so strong. She will literally, she'll pull me. So I'm, I'm nervous. Like I won't let it let kind of some of the ice and snow melt a bit before I start walking out there. Uh, that's going to look tired. I feel like the color on my phone looks weird today. This feels weird. <laughs> I pronounce your name better than your manager. That's so funny. That's what I wanted to say. The love of food, right? So a lot of times, like when I, I help people a lot with cravings, right? So people say, oh, I have unhealthy cravings, unhealthy cravings. Um, it's not so much that we have to get rid of the, the craving piece of it. There, there's kind of two ways to go at it. One way is how you think about food, right? So I could say, um, Shamela, if you watched that webinar last, yesterday, um, one thing that's probably in your mind back there is that that image of the, like the MRI image of the two bodies, you know? And I'm not saying it's exactly that image, but that whole idea that, listen, with, with the society we live in, if you live in America, we are conditioned to minimize the negative impacts of the food on our health. Okay. Again, I bring it back to cigarettes. Cigarettes have been um, 
<laughs> is that I can see it in their eyes. This is a drug-induced type of defect, like road rage, though, the camera. I don't know what that means. Um, I thought that said doctor, but it says BR. What's BR stand for? Brother? Um, I don't know. My eyes do look weird. I, I, I feel like, I don't know. I, I do, I don't know. I, I, I look, I don't know what's going on. I know it's got to be the camera. I can't look this old, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, so in terms of the cravings, though, um, a lot of that comes down to how we think of the food. And I, I like to reference cigarettes, but we, we know cigarettes are bad for us. We know that for a long time, but we didn't know how bad they were. You know, and so there was a big education campaign where we really learned how bad cigarettes were for us. And so just smoking a cigarette wasn't enough for us to realize how bad they were. We had to learn about it as well. And so that's important to recognize because it's the same thing with the food. As bad as these foods are for us, we're not internalizing how bad it is for us because we live in a society that's always minimizing the effects of sugar, the effects of processed food, um, the effects of, you know, refined carbs, all the rest of it. And so it's... um. It's like, it's a fantasy world to some degree that's causing you to overeat more because you're not associating the reality of what you're doing to your body. You don't know, like when you eat processed food, my wife was just telling me this, like she was watching this doctor, um, he did process, like a ultra processed diet for like 30 days. It literally rewires your brain. Like, like literally, they can see it, they can do brain scans, they can see where more energy and where the wiring took place. So literally, you know, eating ultra processed foods is rewiring your brain, you know, to that level. And so, you know, with the cigarettes, I bring it back because people knew cigarettes weren't good for you, but there used to be commercials with doctors and they'd say, oh, this cigarette's the healthiest cigarette. And that kind of conversation starts to get in your mind. Well, it can't be that bad then. I know it's not great for them, but it can't be that bad. And that's what we're doing with food. You know, it's not that, you know, it's not good for you, but you're, it, you have plausible deniability in a way, right? Eh, it can't be that, everyone's doing it. It can't be that bad. If it was that bad, they, they'd outlaw it. They, they wouldn't let us eat it. Uh, that's not true. Just like the cigarettes. I mean, shit, people were smoking forever with cigarettes, you know, and it took a long time for them to finally put warnings on it. I always say this to, to make the point. Within 20 years, there will be warning labels on the foods that you're eating, processed foods, okay? Because right now, at this point in time, um, excess weight is the number one cause of preventable death. You know what I mean? So again, if you think about your weight loss motivation, your main motivation, I bet, if, if you're not in program yourself then, your main motivation is you want to look better in your clothes. You want to wear a bathing suit to the beach. You want to look better. And so that's to say you have a superficial motivation, which has been conditioned by a lifetime of diets. Millions of diet ads. Every diet ad is the before and after picture. So you subconsciously think about motivation for weight loss as being, I want to look better. And it's fine to want to look better. I'm not taking that away from you. I'm adding to it that the main motivation ought to be that I want to live longer because what you're putting in your body consistently, how you're living is the number one thing that's going to impact how long you live most likely, you know, barring any accidents or illnesses, you know? And, um, so it's going to dictate your longevity and your quality of life, your day-to-day -day reality, your happiness, your health. That's got to be the bigger picture, you know? But you've been conditioned to only think about the, the superficial parts, you know? So again, it's reframing it. So Shamela, she, she, you may be feeling different cravings because yesterday we reframed that a bit, right? We, we, we connected what the foods are actually doing inside of your body, what they're actually doing to your life. And that's going to affect cravings. Okay. And then the other piece is that cravings are relative to how motivated you are. 
Okay? So how do we deal with cravings? There's basically two ways. There's increasing the pleasure, increasing the pain. So if you get crystal clear on what the foods are doing, again, what, what she's referring to, and you can see this actually, because this isn't another training. Um, I know, I almost guarantee that this is what's affecting her, is um, I show a picture. It's an, it's a, I believe it's an MRI. It's like, it's like one of those scans, an internal scan. One person's at their normal weight, one person's obese. So that you can see what it does inside your body. When you're obese, your heart gets bigger because you have more blood that needs to be pumped. So your heart builds up bigger. There's a lot of little things you're not, you're not thinking about what these foods are doing inside of your body. And when you do, it starts to change how you behave with them. So, um, yeah, you should watch that training though, but you can, if you go to my bio and click the link, get the hypnosis session, I bring you right to it and you can watch it. So part, it's, it's pain and pleasure. If I say, you know, if you eat that ice cream, I'm going to whack your thumb with a hammer. Well, now you're not gonna be very motivated to eat that ice cream, even though it tastes good your motivation goes way down because you don't want to get hit with a hammer. You don't want that pain, right? If I say, I'll give you a million dollars if you don't eat that ice cream, well, how easy is it not to eat the ice cream? You see? So everything that motivates you revolves around pain and pleasure and using it strategically. You've never learned how to do this. All you do to motivate yourself is you focus on the pain of being overweight and you focus on that pain and say, I don't want to feel that pain. You know? So there's way better ways to motivate yourself, as you can imagine. Um, yeah, Chuck says, many of our foods are banned in other parts of the world. Yeah, that's a crazy thing. Yeah, Shereen says, no, you're right. The lighting is not like it usually is. It really is, and I can tell that. I don't know what's going on. Let's hit some buttons here. What do we got? What is this stuff? I never even play with these things. What the hell does this thing do? Oh, my goodness. Is that me talking, though? Should I talk as a, what is I don't even know what this is. At least I know this is a penguin. But my mouth? Should I give the lives like this from now on? Now I don't look old. Oh, oh, that's kind of nice. That's a beaver. I don't know. What am I going to do? I, oh, look at that. See, now that's crazier than the other one. Something happened, though. <laughs> Chuck said hell no. <laughs> right? What was I, a beaver? I, I don't know. This is crazy stuff, huh? I'm not good with these things. My, my daughter is... <laughs> My daughter, I was like Snapchat, and she was showing me like all the things you can do. They're so funny. I never play with filters though, but I should start, huh? <laughs> she said she laughed out loud. That's funny. Though. I'm gonna do one that way sometime. Uh, but yeah, something. I hit something, anyways. I know something's wrong. Something is wrong with this lighting today. <laughs> and I'm gonna figure it out. But not today. Not today. All right, I'm going to get out of here. Okay, anyone here, if you're not in my world, go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session, watch the training I give you, read the emails I send you. I send all this stuff to you for free because um, I want to help you, okay? Yeah, I got a program. If you want to work with me, you know, you can go to program yourself then and find out about that. Um, again, I'll tell you guys, I didn't pull it off last night, but today, today is the absolute last time. If you're interested in the coaching program, um, today's the last day and I don't, I'm going to change it pretty soon. So to be honest, it's kind of over, <laughs> but the price is going up and we've all had enough chance to, to get that. If you go watch the training, you can still get it for that discounted price, but then it won't work. Um, you're welcome, Gene. Yeah. Get back to work. Get back to work. <laughs> um, I'm going to get out of here too. I got a coaching call coming up. I get ready for it. So, um, Paula, I will keep you, I'm going to fix your thing and Astrid, I'm going to send you, um, I'm going to send you the, the, I'm not going to send it to you. I'm going to fix the calendar. But get, like I said, give me a couple hours, check it out, and it'll be fixed. All right? And we'll put it on there. And uh, yeah, everyone else, uh, you can listen to the podcast. Just program yourself then. It's on all the podcast platforms. Um, go check it out. And uh, yeah, have a super day. Thanks a lot, everyone. Bye.